you're not always going to stay on the top and you're not always going to be at the bottom. So you have to be grateful when you're on the top and then you have to be hopeful for when you're at the bottom. everyone, Emily Abadi here coming to you with episode 191 from the AG studio. You are listening to Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. For episode 191, I am chatting with Gabby Butler. She's a cheerleader and star of the Netflix series Cheer, which debuted its second season just a few days ago. As someone who maybe, like some of you, (laughs) totally, totally binged Cheer season one, I was amped for this opportunity to get to know Gabby better. We talked about everything from uh, how she first got into sport and where she gets her work ethic from to the most difficult parts of the last two years living through a pandemic, including a major bombshell during production, her co-star Jerry Harris's arrest on child pornography charges. She also tells me about her newfound closer relationship with God, what that looks like these days, and how it's helped her stay the course during some of these tough times. Plus, the surprising truth about when she gets to watch the series and how she feels about the way that she and her family were portrayed in season one. Loved this combo. I'm now officially a bigger Gabby Butler fan, and I am ecstatic to bring it to the feed. Before we get to it today, I want to make sure I shout out the Hurdle Instagram. I want to make sure that you are following it over at Hurdle Podcast. And I know there are wonderful humans listening to this who have never reviewed and rated the show. So take just a few seconds, wherever you are listening to this podcast, if there is an option to rate it, give it five stars, or maybe there's a max of 10 stars, however many stars you can give it. It is so greatly appreciated. It helps new people discover the show. It helps boost the ratings of the show, all of that. It's good stuff and it's appreciated. Last little bit of housekeeping here. I would love to answer a question that you may have on an upcoming episode of the show, specifically on Five Minute Friday. So if you have one for me, I am all ears. All you've got to do is click the link in the show notes that says, leave me a voice message. I will get the voice message. I will answer the voice message. I will answer your questions. It's all going to be great. Go ahead. Leave me one right now. (laughs) And with that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Gabby Butler. Gabby Butler, I'm so excited to have you. How are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you? I'm so good. I have the know-how that this is about to... This episode's coming out, I think it's like four or five days after the season two premiere of Cheer. How are you feeling in this moment right now? It's kind of like the calm before the storm. Yeah, so I'm definitely very excited to see season two. I haven't seen it yet. I get to see it when basically everyone else gets to see it. 
But honestly, I'm super excited for you guys to kind of like get an idea of what we like what happened during the seasons of us like during COVID and then having to come back from it and all the obstacles we had to get over. And then just in general, like I'm excited for you guys to meet like the new people that get brought into it and also just get a inside glimpse of like what we basically went through for the past two years. Talk about a lot of hurdles, right? You having to navigate COVID in the midst of like just trying to perform well. Talk about the mental toll with us that COVID really took on all of you guys, especially your sport. So many people typically in a a small space. COVID definitely through, I think not just only cheerleaders, but like everyone in the world was like freaking out, panicking, like what's going on? What's going on? Like we, I've never in my life like dealt with something like this. And honestly, it was so scary because of the uncertainty and like just very eerie and weird. Like it was just a very weird time. So I was definitely, you know, I was devastated when they canceled the 2020 season just because we worked so hard the whole entire year to basically get up to that point at the very end And we were about to compete. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, you know, this is happening and you guys are no longer able to compete. Yeah. And then cheerleading looking because of the pandemic so much different than it had in years prior. So in that environment, what did it start to look like for you when you couldn't practice exactly like you used to? Yeah, that was definitely it was just so weird because I'm like, well, I'm used to going to cheer practice every day. I'm used to a regimen and I'm used to this certain schedule. And then for it to just completely stop, I had to like, I mean, I had to change the way I did everything like and I wanted to make sure that during COVID, I was staying in good shape because I knew that we wanted to continue doing another year after this whole thing happened. And I was like, I need to make sure that I'm ahead of the game and I'm doing everything I need to do to make sure I'm in the best shape physically in shape and good to go. Like I wanted to make sure I was mentally ready to go too. And I really took a, like a step back and really tried to improve myself during quarantine. Um, I would say I did a lot of self-improvement during quarantine for sure. Yeah. Can we talk about what that looked like for you? You can always grow as a person. I don't think you can ever reach like, oh, I'm at the perfect point in my life. Like, I feel like no matter what, you can get better. No, Like every day you can make something better. And I think everybody in general, like we can do better, like in whole, like as a whole, you could be like the sweetest person, but there's always one little thing you can improve on. So I definitely tried to like, just be like more you know, love, self-love, like I think self-love is so important. And I think that like knowing who you are and also like understanding what you want in life and just being confident in who you are is like the most important thing. And the way that you look at yourself is so important, you know, like you have to love yourself. And one thing that I actually haven't told anyone I grew a very, very strong relationship with God actually um, over that entire thing while that was happening because I felt so stressed out and I felt like something was always missing. And I've always like believed in God and I've always had like, you know, like 
not really like a super close relationship, but I've always like just, you know, he's been in a part of my life, but not as the way he was over quarantine. Like I felt like I, my relationship with God was very much like very, very strong. And I felt like a completely different person when I started to kind of just like, yeah, just give my, like, give my life like to God and like trust in him and like really, really just let go of all the stress and anxiety. I feel like he's been a very big part of my life since quarantine, since after 2020. And I feel like my life has really changed for the positive. And I feel like a much stronger person. I think it's also really beautiful in that you were saying letting go a little bit. I think that many people over the pandemic had to get to a place where they were a lot better, right? With letting go and being okay with the fact that there are going to be things in life that we cannot control. And you have the choice to be frustrated and angry about those things, or you can just do the best you can with what you have. And it seems as though through your relationship with God and getting a little bit more deep on that, that maybe that was something you came to learn over the last 20 or so months. Absolutely. And I think that that was the missing piece for me. I think that it's so important to have God in your life because I feel like a lot of the stress and anxiety and depression that people get is because it's, you know, it is that piece, that piece that they're looking for. And it's like, for me, my experience was just, it was insane. Like I got baptized actually in my pool, literally like on Easter Sunday. And I, it was like one of the most unforgettable experiences that I've ever had. It was just, it's so, it was such a beautiful, like, moment. And even though a lot of people couldn't be there, like, it's something that I will never forget because the feeling that I had, it was just so like amazing. Like I can't, I get chills thinking about it. Cause I felt like my whole body was just like electrified with like this amazing like energy and it was beautiful. Yeah. And it's really beautiful that you're finding these beautiful moments and silver linings in a time that many again, struggle to find these joys when things are not as they had hoped or expected. You mentioned not having a lot of people that you had hoped could be there, not be there, but still like to be able to find those small joys is so, so important. And I mean, talking about flexing that muscle, about finding the silver linings, you mentioned the hurdles that you had to conquer uh, going into 2020 and going into 2021 with Navarro. Another hurdle that you all conquered together was the national coverage of what happened with Jerry. So talk to me about how you have managed to get through that, not just as an individual, but together as a team. Yeah, so that entire, like, I mean, as a team, that was definitely one of the hardest obstacles I think we had to overcome and get over because, you know, we knew the Jerry that you all saw in season one, like that was the Jerry that we saw every single day. It was a, just a ray of light. And it was like someone who could pick you up when you felt down, make you laugh when you were sad or, you know, reach that lending hand when you were down and you needed it. It was the most devastating thing that I that had happened in that whole entire like series. It was something that was very emotional for all of us. And and the allegations that are basically 
being made against him. I don't condone in any way, shape or form, but I also do, you know, there is that side of me that has those memories that I had with him and it was nothing but loving and genuine and like true, like pure happiness. So it's like, it was just very hard for me to grasp my head or it was hard for me to wrap my head around any of it because I'm like, there's no way, there's no way. And I, you know, he's, his case is still open in court. So I'm really being like super aware of that. And also just like trying to like, I'm just staying really, really hopeful. And also I'm just, yeah, like I cheerleading should absolutely be a safe spot for everyone in the sport. And I, de- I definitely just want to hold on to like the good memories and the good times that I did have with him. And I mean, you talking about cheerleading being a safe sport or should be a safe sport for all. When you first got involved in cheer, did you find it as, uh, I would say, like enthralling and as exciting as you have come to love it right now? Talk to me about getting into the sport at the get-go. So (laughs) it's actually so funny because a lot of people don't actually ask me like, hey, like, how was it when you first joined? And obviously, like, you got to start somewhere. But when I first joined, I was like the worst one on the team. I sucked. I my mom would always like my mom was like, if you if I had to go down the line, you were the worst one on the team. Like, I'm going to say it straight up. And one thing that I do have is drive. I have drive and I also work really, really hard. So my work ethic is like, I will not stop until I am at the top. And I think that's something that has carried like throughout my entire life. Like no matter what I'm doing, I always want to make sure I'm thriving in anything that I do. I'm super competitive a healthy competitive, but I am very competitive and I like to, I like to be the best at what I do. So as a little girl, I would go in the gym every single day. I would go from when the gym opened basically until the gym closed and they would have to be kicking me out of the gym. They would turn off the lights and be like, Gabby, you need to go home. Like we need to go home. Like, come on. And I just think I had such a love and a passion for it, like since I was little. And it's yeah, like, I'm not gonna lie, there were there were times that my passion for the sport would not die, but it just like the flame went out. And there were times that I had to pull myself back up and pull myself out of it and be like, you know what, like, don't forget why you started it, you started it because you loved it. And you need to find that joy again, like that happiness that it brought you when you were a little girl. Two things to double click on. The first thing, do you think that you were born with this like passion and drive? Like, was it modeled for you from a young age, like at home? Or do you think that that is something that became an acquired skill over time? I think since I was a little girl, I, I have always been a super energetic and athletic person since I was little. Like my dad, he used to, when I was a baby, he would like, put me on his hand and like balance me. And I, you know, I was a very energetic kid. And that's actually why my parents put me in gymnastics at first. And then they switched me over to cheerleading because I had so much energy. And I think I did it more for fun when I was little, but then I started getting really, really good at it. And I started seeing the more competitive side and the more like, you gotta like, be on your A game when you're when you're hanging with the 
best, like you got to be on your on your feet, on your toes. Yeah. So it definitely did get more challenging as I've grown up, but it molded me into the person I am today. If I quit when I wanted to, I would have never been in the position that I'm in right now. So I think like all the challenges and all the competitiveness and all the things that have been, you know, basically thrown is something that has made me a lot stronger. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear you talk about your beginnings as a cheerleader, knowing that you weren't the best, uh, a little bit of hesitation there. You, as I have heard you talk about before, also had some hesitation about getting involved with Navarro. So talk to us a little bit about that. I was never like going to get involved with college cheerleading. I was like, oh, I'm just strictly all-star because that's where I started. I started an all-star and I was like, I will never do college cheerleading. Like absolutely not. And why did you say that? Why not? Number one was because they were on dead mat and it was like, ow, that is terrible. Why on earth would I want to put my body through like college cheerleading, especially if it's on a dead mat? And You know, I used to think more of like when I thought of college cheerleading, I thought more of like, yeah, like the cheers and the even me, like who was in cheerleading. I thought college cheerleading was more about like, you know, the cheers and the sidelines. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not what I want to do. And then uh, Kaylee Peppers, who is actually was the assistant coach for Navarro last year, like she was actually the one that got me to go to Navarro and visit. She's like, I think you should come to a Navarro practice. And I was like, uh, I don't really know. Like, that's probably not something that I want to do. She was like, No, I really think you should. And I'm like, Okay, like, I'll just go to one practice. And I actually didn't even do it that season. I did it the next season. I went to Navarro after. So I went, and this is actually a funny story. So I actually went to TVCC also because I wanted to see them too. And I think both programs are great. Like I genuinely think both programs are like super talented. But I think the way that they do things is obviously a little bit different. But one thing that really drove me to go to Navarro was Monica specifically. She has definitely impacted my life like the in the best way that any person could like she really, really was there for me when I felt like I didn't have anyone else. Clearly, she has been a role model for you, someone that you look up to. What would you say are some of the values or qualities that you admire in Monica? The way she holds herself, like the way she carries herself, like she really does carry herself with such like grace and being humble too but she's also got that fiery side that's like all right like we are not coming to play like let's get this going you know she could be she could be like so sweet and graceful but she also has a switch that she could turn on that it's like a boss and I think that overall like she just genuinely cares so much about all of her kids like she really will fight for every single one of us. And I think that that's something that isn't just when you're her athlete, like that's throughout life. If I called Monica and said, I need your help on this situation, like she's there. Yeah, she's like a mother, like to me, honestly, she still to this day keeps in contact with me. And like, even if I don't respond, like she'll just check on me to make sure I'm doing good. Yeah. And I think it's so special to have those role models and the people that you look up to at this point now. I mean, someone goes to your Instagram, you have oh, almost 2 million followers. You're certainly someone that a lot of 
people look up to, including young women in the sport. How do you take responsibility for that? Because I'm sure that when people talk about you, that you hope that if they're looking up to you, they're kind of talking about you with that same admiration that you talk about Monica with. I want people to also know, and this is something I've always said, like I want people to know that I am a normal, like I am so normal and I really, because I think that a lot of people think, oh my gosh, like you can't even come up to her or approach her. But I really am like one of the most chill down to earth people. And I want to impact people's lives in a very positive way because I feel like there's so much, there's so much darkness in this world and there's so much negativity already. So if I could at least change one person's life, impact one person, I, that's, I feel like that's accomplishing like, a really big thing because I really genuinely just want people to be positive and loving and I want to bring out that positivity in the you know not only in the cheer industry but with everyone so I think showing my true genuine side is something so important because I want people to know that I do mess up I do have bad days and I do go through things also and I want them to be able to like relate definitely and I would imagine after the kind of media frenzy and just the frenzy in general that happened with season one of Cheer, that there was probably a little bit of an adjustment period as more and more people knew your name and like kind of had a little bit of access to you because of the way that social media works. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that was like for you? Yeah. So I've always had, you know, a little bit of a social media following. And I feel like that's something that I I'm very grateful for because I was in the limelight since such a young age. And I'm really grateful that my because I feel like a big part of the reason that I am the way I am and the way I can handle these things so well is because my parents have kind of helped me throughout my entire life with speaking in front of people and with going and doing these things and definitely just prepping me and like making sure that I'm like the best example for younger people and not only younger people just overall everyone was kind of just thrown into it and I've like had a little bit of a head start to be like I know what to do. I know how it goes. Having this really beautiful relationship with your parents then I have to ask you how it felt when they were getting some criticism after that first season of the show? I'm the first to say like my family, we are not like a normal family. We are crazy. We're loud. We're very, very blunt and straight to the point. And a lot of people don't really like that, I guess, or they're not used to it. But that's just the way that my family is. And I wouldn't trade them for the world, honestly. But I definitely, you know, it was hard to see like all the criticism because I felt like a lot of people didn't see like the genuine moments that we had and like the laughs that we had and, you know, the loving moments. I feel like it was more like people were focusing on like, oh, the negative and like, oh, her parents are, you know, this and that. And it, yeah, it was sad to see because I'm like, that's not the way that they are like that's not the way that we are as a family like yeah are we crazy absolutely but the way that the show was I think they portrayed everyone like very well and like correctly and then like that situation everyone was just kind of like oh you know like they all had their own opinions and that's fine at the end of the day like whoever knows us personally as a family like they know like we're a very tight-knit family 
taking a break from today's episode to give some love to my sponsors. First up, a new, exciting, exciting, exciting sponsor for the show, my friends at Priority Bicycles. Over the last couple of years, let me just like lay this out for you. I got really into cycling and not always like hardcore road or mountain bike riding. Now I am riding my bike around town on the regular, whether it's running errands or riding with the fam or even commuting. Regular rides have brought me a ton of joy. I know that it can be mega intimidating shopping for bicycles, knowing what to get, being pressured into more than you need. And there's also the stress of upkeep. That is where priority bicycles comes in. I have a priority bicycle. In fact, I have had two over the last few years and they're awesome because the company itself was founded and is run by cycling industry veterans who weren't just thinking of how to make bikes faster and more techie. They wanted to make bicycles that were easier to ride and maintain. And that is why I am obsessed with my priority bicycle. Their bikes have low maintenance designs. I needed them to explain what that meant to me at first too. Essentially, They're light and they're intuitive. They have things like puncture resistant tires and their best feature, I would argue, a carbon fiber drive belt instead of a chain. It lasts way longer and it is way easier to clean than a chain. If you have ever had a chain lock up or stain your pants, then you know exactly what I mean. Now is a perfect time to invest in you. And of course, Priority's got a deal for the Hurdle audience. Head on over to PriorityBicycles.com. That's P-R-I-O-R-I-T-Y-B-I-C-Y-C-L-E-S.com slash Hurdle or use the code Hurdle at checkout to get $50 off your first bike purchase today. Again, that's PriorityBicycles.com slash Hurdle to get $50 off your bike purchase today. Also, if you head on over to that vanity URL, you will see some of my favorites. I'll highlight their features. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for you. Also want to give some love to my friends at Green Chef. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every single lifestyle. Their meals are delivered with clean ingredients that are seasonally sourced for peak freshness. Seriously, you can tell just by looking at them that this is some high quality stuff. It's handpicked, it's organic, and premium proteins, which means that you can feel really great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. I love Green Chef because it saves me a whole lot of time from meal planning to skipping out on going to the grocery store. I even have leftovers from the recipes since I'm making them for myself that I can eat the next day for lunch or dinner. Plus, cooking at the end of a long day, honestly, it is one of my favorite relaxing ways to wind down. Last week, I ate two delicious, delicious Green Chef recipes. It was the creamy shrimp and bacon soup. Oh my God, unreal. It had roasted red peppers and fennel and carrot, and it was so good. And also, can't forget the pineapple barbecue flatbreads. They came with these spicy pickled shallots. Wow. Yeah, you've got to try this stuff. Head on over to greenchef.com slash hurdle one three zero. Again, that is greenchef.com slash hurdle one thirty and use code hurdle one thirty to get a hundred and thirty dollars off plus free shipping. Greenchef.com slash hurdle one thirty.
it sounds like you have like such a good head on your shoulders now about that whole idea, not just with your family, but knowing that like there are always going to be people that have some sort of opinion about what they see or maybe what they read or like whatever it is that you post. Like, how have you gotten to this place where you're able to kind of like let these things go? Because no matter how secure you are in yourself, like there's always going to be like that moment where you read something or see something and it stings a little bit. I always say this, people are always going to say, and they're going to have their own opinion of you. And that's fine. Like I, I say it all the time. I'm like, you know, if people don't like me, then that's, that's totally fine. Like I'm not trying to impress everyone because at the end of the day, if I was, if I was trying to please everyone, I wouldn't be happy myself because I'm trying so hard to please everyone. And I think that just knowing who you are and being yourself is like the most valuable thing, especially nowadays, because I feel like people get caught up in what others think about them or what other people's opinions are. And it's like people are going to have their opinions of you and not everyone is going to like you all the time. And that's fine. You be you because at the end of the day, you only have you. You are going to have those friends that are going to have your back. But at the end of the day, like you are always going to have you and you need to be confident, know who you are and just know you're not always going to be able to please everyone. If you're true to who you are, then that's like really all that matters. It's so interesting as well, because you saying when we started this, you were like, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Like to be back in this place where you haven't seen it yet. Do you have any residual anxiety about that? Yeah, I have like. (laughs) Because it's so it's crazy. And I feel like you really have to open up and be vulnerable when you're putting your life out there. And I definitely try to like be as real as I can be, regardless if there are cameras around or not. I've never like that's one thing that I've really tried to do is I've never really thought like I'm going to act a certain way because you know, cameras are around or these people are around. Like I've always just tried to be as genuine and as open as I possibly can and just show that I am a human being and I do have emotions and I do have bad days and I do have things that I have to overcome all the time. And I want people to know like it's okay to not be perfect. You are going to have all these different things. Like you're not always going to have like an upward path in life. Like it's going to come at you and it's going to there's going to be things thrown at you all the time, but it's how you handle those things that's going to make you the person you are. I do want to rewind just a little bit to talk a little bit more about the earlier parts of your career in cheerleading, uh, specifically the earlier days with Navarro. I mean, before cheer was even a thing. When you think about those days and building these new relationships, do you find that as someone that's in a sport where there is so much trust involved that that takes some time? Or is that something that kind of comes with the territory when you put yourself up into these situations? Um, I definitely think as a team, like this is just something that over the years I've noticed the closer the team is and the better the bond is, the more success you're going to have. Like it's a known fact and it's very rare for teams to win and do really well if they're divided. And I've been on teams where there's so much talent, but they don't, we don't win because we weren't as close or teams that I've been on that we didn't have as much talent and we just were so close and we knew each other's strengths and weaknesses. 
And I think, yeah, like those were the most successful years that I was on. So you, this is what I say all the time. Like you as a team, you need to be a team to be successful. Because if you're not a team, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. Especially if there's a disconnect, then there is a greater risk for injury. Talk to us a little bit about your past dealing with injury. Has it been something that you have had to navigate a lot or have you been more of one of the lucky ones? No, I've definitely had my handful of injuries. I have had broken ankles. I've had dislocated elbows and I've had uh, I've had concussions I've had sprains I've had honestly a lot of things I've never had like a knock on wood I've never had like a serious like serious back injury but my back like I'll wake up some days and my back will literally just feel like it wants to break so yeah there's definitely as an athlete especially in like college cheerleading I think it's very, very common to get injuries. And especially when your skills are higher and you're doing more difficult things, I think it's super easy to get hurt, especially if you don't have that bond and that trust with, you know, like the people that are especially throwing you. I think it's very dangerous. You have to make sure that you trust the person that is under you and vice versa. I think it's important to have like that trust and that bond to make sure like, okay, I know who's, I know that whoever is under me is going to catch me. I'm going to make sure that I trust them. Yeah, it's key. It's key for cheerleading. And regardless if someone's throwing you or not, people reach out to me all the time and ask about this. I'm sure you've gotten messages about how to cope with being on the injured list. It can be so, so difficult, especially like when you can't do the thing that like you identify as like you couldn't cheerlead. I'm a big runner. Like if I get injured and I can't run, like it just it totally sucks the wind out of your sails. How have you navigated that frustration in the past? And maybe what advice do you have for someone who is kind of sidelined from what they love to do? It's a major setback. And it's something that you have to not only physically like prepare for, but it's something that is so mentally, it's a setback for sure. And I found myself in situations where when I'm hurt, I get so sad and I get down and depressed and it's hard. I have to pull myself out of it and be like, you know what? There could be a lot worse things. You could be super unhealthy and sick or the injury could have been way worse. And if there's people that are around, go surround yourself with people that are going to uplift you and love you and bring happiness out of you because injuries are, yeah, they suck. Absolutely. But I think there's so much more to life than harping on like an injury, especially like with cheerleading, you know, like if something happens with cheer, I really try not to harp on it so much because I'm like cheerleading is cheerleading. It's a step in life. It's a stepping stool. It's not everything. I do think it definitely has, it's been something that's been a big part of my life, but it's not everything. So if I get a setback or I do get hurt or something happens that isn't really like in my plan, I'm not harping on it too much because I'm like, you know what? I have people around me that love me. I have other things that I could do and there's just so much more to life. Yeah. And it's like being able to articulate that value, right? That you as Gabby have value, not just as Gabby, this like super stellar cheerleader, but also just as like Gabby Butler, the woman, right? 
Yeah. So yeah. I definitely think that, yeah, just having a positive mindset because I'm going to use one girl as an, as an example. Her name is Michaela and she actually just had a spinal injury with cheerleading and I was going through some stuff and I looked and as soon as that happened, I was like, wow. And you know, something that really impacted me a lot with her story is even after she was paralyzed, like from the neck down, basically, she was like, I know that God has a plan for everything. And I know that at the end of the day, like, I'm going to trust him and like, just hope for the best. And if if I stay like this, I'm just grateful for all the people around me that are like loving and supportive. And that really, really like spoke to me because I'm like, wow, if this girl, if this young girl can have a mindset like that, and she's basically paralyzed from the neck down and an update on her, she's actually able to move now, which is like super, super amazing. That just really moved me. I was like, if I, you know, have a mindset like that, because she's dealing with this and she's in that mindset, then I should be a lot more positive. You know, whether these hurdles or these tough moments like happen to you personally, or you get to have like a front row seat and see someone that you know, go through something difficult. It's these difficult moments that teach us sometimes, unfortunately, but thankfully to appreciate the smaller stuff at completely different exercise. But a couple of years back, I started writing down one thing every morning that I was grateful for. And what that exercise did aside from like bring some more gratitude into my life was that on the mornings that I couldn't articulate, like what the one thing was from the past 24 hours that was really awesome and radiant. I was like, what are you doing that you're so wrapped up in like nothing important that you can't find the joy in your day to day. The way that you think and your mindset can really like change the way you do things. And I think that there is so much negativity out in the world. So I think that finding the positives are so important, especially nowadays, because I feel like a lot of people can easily get brought down because of a lot of things in life, you have to stay positive no matter what, because at the end of the day, things aren't always going to stay that way. You're not always going to stay on the top and you're not always going to be at the bottom. So you have to be grateful when you're on the top and then you have to be hopeful for when you're at the bottom. I've had my like days where I feel like I'm on top of the world and then the next day I feel I'm at the lowest points of my life, but I I have to understand that that's just the way life goes. You're never going to have a perfect steady ride. It's going to be up and down and sideways and turning and you just have to like really stay positive and just know that you're not going to always be in those highs and lows forever. Have you worked with a sports psychologist? A sports psychologist? Yeah. No, I have not, but that's actually... Why does it, does it seem like that? (laughs) I mean, I I think that you have a really great outlook, but I do think that a lot of these takeaways, I mean, yes, they can be learned. I mean, I haven't worked with a sports psychologist. I've worked with a therapist. I actually have a call with a life coach in 45 minutes from right now, but listening to you talk about your experiences and the broad understanding that you have from the highs and the lows, it just was something that I feel like someone at your level of performance, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's yeah. I definitely like I try to take a bad situation and make it positive, even though I definitely have had my times where I'm like, I just want to like, there's days that I want to quit. There's days that I want to just say like, 
I, I don't want to do this anymore. But I definitely just try to like make the best of it and be as positive and grateful as I can. Aside from the season premiere, season two premiere of Cheer, what else excites you right now? I do have a few things that I'm doing right now. So one is uh, I have this fitness app that I'm actually relaunching this year. I have my YouTube channel that I'm actually relaunching, and I'm going to be making a lot more content for that as well this year. And I also have this clothing line that I've been working on with Rebel. (laughs) Sounds like a lot of really great stuff. And then I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up you cheering at Weber State. Utah, I think I looked at the forecast before you and I hopped on this call and the forecast there today was like something like 32 degrees, a very different scenario from where you grew up in Boca. (laughs) It's so funny because I was like, there is no way that I'm going to cold Utah. Like I've always lived in hot states and, you know, Florida and Texas, like they're pretty similar. They're, they're always hot. But I was like, there's a, that was like one of the biggest things. I'm like, that's going to be so hard for me to because I'm not used to the cold at all. And like, I'm not, I do not work well in the cold. But surprisingly, it really hasn't been like as bad as I thought it was going to be. I've actually like learned to kind of like the cold, <laughs> even though I'm not really like, yeah, I'm not. I love looking at the snow. I think it's beautiful, but I'm like, when I go in it, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back inside. <laughs> You're like, I do not need to own any of my own property here because I will not be shoveling it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, absolutely not. But I definitely have, it's grown on me a little bit. Like, I think it's so pretty, like when it snows, because I'm, you know, I'm not used to seeing it snow. I'm used to oceans. So for me, I come here and I'm like, I look like a little kid in the candy store because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's snow. And then I'm sure some people from here, they go to Florida and they're like, oh my gosh, it's the beach. Like that's, but that's something that I've been like brought up with. So it's not like anything new for me. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We mentioned your large social media following before someone comes to your Instagram page. They see a cheerleader, someone with millions, plural of followers. When you look in the mirror, what is it that you see looking back at you? I just see Gabby like I I see like this I see like the little girl that basically I mean not a little girl actually but like I see like kind of like my chill like bummy side I'll wake up in the morning and my hair is all over the place and I'm looking like a freaking I just yeah like a like a bum and I love that side like I love the real side of me just because I a lot of people that know me know me like they know that I really am so chill and like normal. And I just think it's, I think it's so funny because when I do meet people, they're like, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting you to be like so talkative and down to earth. And I'm like, I'm probably one of the most chill people I think in the public eye or have a lot of followers just because I've been so like used to it. It's never changed me. You mentioned it being super hard on the body. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are really curious. What are some things that you do either prehab or post-hab to make sure that you're taking care of yourself in the way that you have to, to be on top of your sport? I make sure that outside of practice, I'm keeping myself in good physical shape because I know that cheerleading is a great, like it's great for working out and it's great for keeping yourself in shape. But I want to make sure that I am in the best physical shape that I can be in so that I can be the best for my team. And what I like to do is I like to actually work out outside of my practices so I can be 
more strong, like physically stronger and even like mentally stronger because I feel like it's a good way for me to like let out like all my anxiety or my stress. Like that's the gym has always been there for like a decompression for me, like a stress reliever. And then also something that I like to do just outside of practices is just like really take time for myself and like hang out with the people that have been there for me and the people that like actually like care about me. Obviously, people see me at practice and they see like that side of Gabby. They see the athlete side. They see the tough side. But the people that like know me know that I'm a normal person too. And they know that I do struggle with things and I do have things going on in my life. And it's not just the athlete side. So I really, really like to just surround myself with like the people that have been there for me, like outside of practices and the people that like really want to hang out with me and get to know me for me. I would say like those two things, like I really like focus on. Outside of practice, how many days a week would you say you're in the gym? Pretty much every day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty much in the gym like every day. My mom thinks something's wrong with me. She's like, you are not mentally well. Like if you actually enjoy going to the gym that much, I'm like, I (laughs) – But I do. I genuinely do enjoy it. I feel like it's like a really good way for me to like let out some like, you know, steam and then also just like feel good. Because like when you feel when you look good, like you feel good. And I feel like working out is definitely like one of the things that I personally enjoy. Strength cardio mix? Question mark. I like to I like to do a lot of cardio, which a lot of people don't like. That's my specific strength. I do need to start adding more weights in, but I do. I'm like, I'm a cardio queen. I can go for hours on like a treadmill or the stairs. That's like my go-to, the stairs. So I could go on that thing for like hours. (laughs) All fellow cardio queens listening to this podcast right now are like, I'm not alone. It's so good. Thank God. It is. Like, honestly, I'll like just watch TikToks or I'll like have conversations like so the time goes by faster or I'll watch a movie. I just think it's like so easy. I'm like, yeah, I can do this for days. (laughs) All right, Gabby, right now, final question. You have an opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice. Let's maybe go back to the beginning of your journey with Navarro. You have an opportunity right now looking back on your last few years doing this to offer yourself one piece of advice during some of maybe the more difficult times. What do you tell yourself? Uh, I would definitely just say like during your hard times, don't feel like you're alone because everybody goes through things. Everyone has their own battles that they're doing and they're facing. And I think that it's important that you communicate those things so that people can help you through situations. I think that, yeah, people go through things all the time and you have to understand like you're not the only one going through something. And I think that staying strong and like just reaching out to people when you do need the help, like you would be surprised at how many people are there for you. For sure. Gabby Butler, thank you so much for your time today. How do the hurdlers follow along with you? How do they keep up with you? Give us all your details. So my Instagram is Gabby Butler 1617. And a lot of people ask me why it's 1617. So I actually made it when I was like 12. But the 16 is stands for my birthday because my birthday is January 16th. And then my younger sister Amanda's birthday is February 17th. The name Gabby Butler was taken. So I was like, (laughs) 
Okay, I guess I'm just gonna have to use numbers. So Instagram's Gabby Butler 1617. My YouTube channel is literally just Gabby Butler. My TikTok is Gabby underscore Butler 1617. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I deleted Twitter because it's toxic. Oh my goodness. What a big week for you. Geez, a new season premiere, a birthday. You have nothing going on. Enjoy it. Happy birthday, Gab. I'm over at Hurdle Podcast and at Emily Abadi. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.